Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats with Chaudhry. And today is all about oligonucleotides, which I hate saying, so we're going to say oligos for short. And to help me discuss them, I'm delighted to be joined by Cecilia Unason, I hope I pronounced that correctly, who is the Applications Manager at Biowork Sweden AB, and who is also speaking on this very topic at a couple of upcoming conferences, which we will flag up a little bit later. So, Cecilia, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Well, thank you for joining today. Now, it's bright sunshine here in Surrey, although it's a bit chilly, but I understand it's not yeah. sunny where you are. Where, where no. are you at the moment and what's happening? Yeah, I'm in Uppsala in Sweden, but <laughs> it was actually sunny like until two days ago, but now it's snowing. <laughs> so we had 15 degrees, I think, two days ago, but a small setback. Yeah, well, hopefully the sun will come out and it'll be warmer in a few days' time, if not by tomorrow. So thank you for joining me to talk about oligos. But before we start talking about oligos, for those not familiar with Bioworks, would you mind giving a brief overview of the company and your background as well? Yeah. So Bioworks is a biotech company in Uppsala, Sweden, and we produce and sell chromatographic resins. And they're used for separation of different biomolecules, such as oligonucleotides, peptides, proteins, etc. And yeah, as you said, I work as a manager for the application team. And I have had that position since November last year, not that long. But I've been in the company for three years, first as a senior scientist and then as a team leader and now as a manager, but only for within the application. And my background, I am a molecular biologist, but I have a PhD in microbiology, but it's more molecular biology because my topic was regulatory RNAs in bacteria. And uh, yeah, then I continued to do postdoc and work as a researcher, still focusing on regulatory RNAs, but there we looked more at protein like nucleic acid interactions in living cells. So we used single molecule tracking so we could actually see them in like live, real time, like when they moved around the cell, it was really neat. And so, so you yeah. love RNA then basically? Yes, maybe <laughs> too much. I'm, I'm very nerdy when it, but it, it should preferably be regulatory RNAs. <laughs> All um, right. All right. So, so I'm very specific. <laughs> but then I also worked in like a diagnostic company and in a big company like Cytiva. But yeah, and now I work here. But I, I have a chemistry background, but I have kind of drifted into molecular biology. Fantastic. But RNA is my absolute favorite topic. <laughs> right. So fantastic. So we, let's start then with the first question. So what is an oligonucleotide and more specifically an ASO or an antisense oligo? Yeah. So an oligonucleotide is like a chain of nucleotides and they can be DNA or RNA based. And when it comes to antisense oligo, it's then an oligonucleotide that act by an antisense mechanism. So it will base pair to an oligonucleotide target by complementarity. So one is then the syn strand and the other one is the antisense strand. And the most common thing is to have an mRNA as a target. And then you have an antisense oligo that might be around 20 to 30 nucleotides and it will bind to the mRNA and thereby it will regulate gene expression. And most common is that it will inhibit 
gene expression. So it blocks the mRNA and then you cannot translate, for example, a protein. So say you have linked a gene to uh, yeah, a disease and maybe you lack a protein or you overexpress one. And then you need to find a sequence of the specific mRNA that corresponds to the gene. And you can design your oligonucleotide to specifically target it to have the effect you want to. Right, okay. So, so I think there are like 10 approved FDA drugs now. But this is really an upcoming field. So yeah, it's a very hot topic. <laughs> Fantastic. And are regulatory RNAs abundant in living cells? Yes. So previously it was thought that proteins did all the reg regulations, but now we have realized that RNAs are very important as regulatory molecules as well. So I studied regulatory RNAs, but in bacteria, and there they're called small RNAs. But when it comes to eukaryotic cells, like mammalian cells, you, it's very common with micro RNAs, for example, and they are around 20 nucleotide single-stranded RNAs that then target mRNA molecules to affect gene expression. And they usually have a bit looser complementarity. But you also have the SI RNAs that acts through this RNAi pathway. And they are then double-stranded RNAs, approximately 20 nucleotides. And they commonly now are used to knock down genes. So I think it was 2006, it was awarded the Nobel Prize. And now you use it to like, for example, yeah, create knockdown models in mice or something when you want to study different pathways. So you have many more, like a variety of regulatory RNAs, but those are two of the most abundant ones. Right, okay. So how do you commonly purify such molecules then? Yeah, so when it comes to like a therapeutic drug, for example, it's very important that it's pure. And you need to remove all the impurities, not to have any side effects. Sure. So when you synthesize an antisense oligo, you use solid phase synthesis, where you add one nucleotide after the other. And this coupling reaction is not 100% efficient. So you expect to have failure sequences, shorter ones, and it's very important, as I said, to remove those. And then you can purify your DNA or RNA molecule based on hydrophobicity, for example. And then it's most common to use RPC, reverse phase chromatography. But you can also use HIC, hydrophobic interaction chromatography. And what we use is actually that we purify them based on charge. So we use something called anion exchange chromatography. Yep. And then you have a bead where you have a lot of ligands attached to it that is positively charged. And you have your DNA or RNA molecule that is negatively charged. So it will bind to this ligand. And when it comes to, say for example, you have a DNA molecule, but the RNAs work in the same way. One, you can simplify it by saying that one nucleotide adds one more negative charge. So you had this correlation with length and net negative charge. So if you think about that, you select based on charge, the longest ones, which are the full length product, they will bind the hardest to the resin. Whereas the shorter like failure sequences, they will bind less hard. So they will elute earlier. And thereby you should of course collect then the full length product. And it, this can be different like, 
it can be different easy to do it let's say like that depending on how long it is because you can have base pair separation up until a certain length but the longer it is first you have more failure sequences but then it's harder also to resolve the close by species like the n minus one right so this depends on the length and like how many steps you do it because you can do it as a standalone step but you can also add orthogonal steps right okay so do modifications that only goes affect the purification Yes, it, everything that affects the property of the molecule will also affect the actual separation of the molecules and the purification. So it's very common now to modify your oligonucleotide because first of all, they're not stable. Like the half-life in vivo, it's very short. Right. So you need to stabilize them because otherwise they will be decayed before they reach their targets. And one of the most common modifications you have is phosphorothioate. So you modify the backbone of your DNA or RNA molecule by replacing the oxygen with the sulfur. And then it cannot be recognized by the different nucleases. So it will not be decayed. But you also want to modify, maybe you want to target it to a dedicated place, or you want it for vis visualization purposes. And everything, as I said, that affects the molecule properties will also affect the separation. Right. So you need to set up everything based on this. So for example, if you have like a DNA and you want to linearize it to have this perfect correlation between the charge and the length, you increase the pH. But that you cannot do for RNA molecules. And then you instead have a neutral pH but you increase the temperature, so you break the bones and you add, for example, an organic modifier. And this is extremely important also when you have those modifications that tends to make them more hydrophobic that you, for example, need to add more acetonitrile. So everything needs to be optimized all the time. And we always look at both purity and yield as like our readout parameters. So you analyze them offline, and then you need to cut your peaks. And then it depends what's more important. Is it the yield or is it purity? If you have subsequent downstream steps, maybe you want a high yield, but then you get a high purity in the end. So this is kind of a compromise you need to do. And it ultimately depends on your application. If it's a therapeutic drug, it's just a cloning template or yeah. It sounds really interesting. Well, there's obviously a lot going on there. So. I understand that you're going to be talking more about this in, in depth at a couple of conferences coming up. So what yes. conferences are you speaking about and what are you going to be talking about those conferences? Yes. So the first one is the 28th of April and it's the um, Biologics um, Europe Online. And then I will talk about RNA purifications using anion exchange chromatography where I will present two case studies. So we have one actually pegulated RNA and this is a very tricky molecule to work with, but we also have a precursor RNA that is like a naked RNA molecule. And then I will talk the 17th of May at the Tides Digital Conference. Right. So I will bring up the same two case studies, but I will additionally talk about DNA. So yeah, and then I will give a more like thorough introduction and talk about the subject. 
for like 45 minutes. But since it's one of my favorite topics, it's okay to talk about it for a long time. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, hopefully we'll be at the Tides one. I don't know if I'm going to be at the Oxford Global one, but I certainly am going to be at the Tides one. So hopefully uh, we can sort of capture some some of the information you're doing there as well in May. Yes. So that's all we've got time for. And I know you could talk for a lot longer. Yes. So, but I know you've also got some real work to do as well. So I'm not going to stop you doing that. I know you may want to put your coat on and make a snowman outside you outside your, in your garden. I don't know. But um, all I'd say is that if people would like to know more, we will put the links above the video for those specific events. So you can register if you want, if you haven't already registered and find out more about those. But if people can't make those particular events, see where else can they get more information? I think maybe on our webpage. Right, okay. Like the LinkedIn. We post a lot on LinkedIn. So I, I would look for more information there. But then you can otherwise just contact me or anyone else at Bioworks. So there you have it. So if you want to know more about regulatory RNAs and oligos, then see said, contact her directly. So you can do that. So because she will be tagged on the video when it goes on LinkedIn. So you can message her directly. If you, and also, if you've got any questions for uh, Sia, based on what she's talked about today, then please put them below the video. She'll be delighted to have them. I'd love to see your feedback on what she said today. So, Cecilia, good luck with your two presentations coming up. I'm sure you'll be fantastic having heard you today. So good luck on that. And I hope you have a lovely, sunny Friday and weekend anyway. And the snow stops. Yeah, I doubt this weekend will be sunny, but maybe in a few weeks from now. Yeah, <laughs> well, but I thank you. Saying, well, you haven't been doing that ice uh, lake dipping that Jonathan did. Oh, no, that's not right. my thing. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> I actually competed in a race, though, last autumn where we actually jumped into the river and went around. It was fun. It was also cold, <laughs> but the ice, it's, it's a bit too much for me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll leave that to you anyway. And uh, everybody else, I hope you found that useful and interesting. As if you've got any questions for Celia, please put them uh, below the video and she'll be happy to answer them or check out the links that I put above the video. Until next time, as always, I hope you have a lovely weekend. Stay well and stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye.